it was a tough decision, but it's the right decision. It's it's going to help my career last longer. And honestly, that's the biggest thing for me is, yes, I want to be on top of the world. I want to be the best runner I can be, but I want a long career. I love the lifestyle I live. You know, I, I've visited 15 different countries this year, you know, with my family, had amazing experiences. You know, I want to be doing this for many, many years to come. And to make that possible, I need to be smart. Welcome to Training for Ultra, the podcast. Welcome to episode 56 of the Training for Ultra podcast. My name's Rob. I also go by Training for Ultra. I have a really great episode. Excited to share Hayden Hawk's full story. He's an elite ultra runner. Won CCC last year, so I had to get him on before I run CCC myself. Hear how his training went, how um, the race itself went back last year, and just get to hear his whole story and it sounds like he will be showing up for TDS here shortly so excited for him and he's truly an inspirational guy he has been able to set his mind to a big goal and he keeps just working and grinding daily until he achieves that goal I think he's a, a great role model for a lot of people so pleasure speaking with him excited to share the episode big thank you to Hammer Nutrition if you haven't tried them out yet Feel free to use my promo code 252888 and you'll save 15%. I was going to give you 25. 15% off your first order. And big thank you to Sufferfest Beer. I will be initiating a taper here shortly. I'm 14 days out from CCC, so you might see an update with a, a taper Sufferfest IPA. Big thank you to them. And then last but not least, Tommy Byrne and Bigger Than the Trail. They've been a big supporter of all my CCC updates and training updates. And Tommy's just a great guy raising awareness of mental health through trail running. It's a great cause, great charity, so big thank you to them. And on the training front, so my third week out from CCC, I'm intentionally boosting my mileage. I'm trying to mix things up and have like one or two quicker runs in but I'm also just trying to kind of have a, a blowout week. And for me, that means I don't think I'll get above 70 miles. But I think that, uh, you know, being out at altitude, so I course marked the power line section of the Leadville Trail 100 run. And uh, it's it's sort of a butt kicker. I mean, it's nothing crazy. I think it was like 2,500 feet of gain, roughly speaking. And it went up to maybe 11.5, but it's really odd. I'll just be honest with you guys. I mean, last year I marked the same six mile section out and then uh, six miles back my car, just roughly speaking. And uh, afterwards, I thought I got food poisoning. I was like, this is so odd. Like it was the worst feeling. My body got really hot, really cold, just was kind of freaking out. And I was like, uh, is this altitude sickness? Like I've I've done 14ers, I've done like max efforts or much higher efforts and just course marking. So I just kind of wrote it off as like food poisoning or something. And then 
believe it or not, the same thing this year. I marked the same dang section of course, and that night I got just a horrible, like a headache that continued to get worse and worse, and I was throwing up, and it was weird. Like, I've never had altitude sickness. I've done 14ers before. Like, um, for some reason, I'm now two for two on marking power line. I don't know if there's... I don't know, something in the dirt or what it is. It just, it's caused me, um, I'm not two for two on that section and getting sick afterwards. It's just bizarre. Um, but it was beautiful out there. I really enjoy the Leadville area. I I really like all their races and yeah, I'm thinking about trying to do the Leadville hundred next year, but how that relates to CCC. I mean, I intentionally built in not only course marking, but also pacing, Dave Bronlick, who's you know been on a few episodes, just did the Colorado Trail for the last 15 miles of Leadville. So I think spending some time at altitude, running at altitude, beyond getting sick that night, which is still odd to me, um, I think it's going to only help me going into CCC. And I just love the community. I could hang out there all day. It was great seeing Addie and actually meeting her from last episode. She seemed like her taper is going incredibly well. So I'm excited to see her trying for 100 miles for the first time. Um, There, Abby Mitchell's out there. I think Rob Krars hitting the 100-mile run, which is awesome. And I'll tell you what, I am really, really excited um, to see Dave Mackey. I mean, truly an inspirational guy. If you haven't heard his story, definitely look it up. Lost his leg in an accident while he's out running. And just a truly inspirational guy. I know Billy Yang's working on a big film. I've I've actually been out there and seen him filming quite a few different events that I've been at the same ones. Um, and, and Dave's story is just phenomenal. Like, it puts everything in perspective. And I'm just truly excited to see him finish Leadman strong. And how he's handled everything is just unbelievable. So I look up to Dave quite a bit. And... Uh, yeah, look forward to hopefully speaking with him in the future at some point. But yeah, I'm I'm really excited for you know seeing Leadman or seeing Leadville 100 play out, and I'm excited to see how everything's playing out into my taper. So hopefully I have a good last few days of uh, running and training, and we'll see where the mileage peaks out. I mean I'm trying to add a little bit of gain in, but nothing too crazy. I think my my previous few races have hopefully help my body adapt a little bit on that front but big thank you to the uh, patreon supporters you guys are awesome and i'm going to do something different this week i'm going to say that our strava run club if you join that i'll I'll post an event and uh, anyone who runs 25 miles or more next week on the strava run club will be up for a little giveaway and and maybe even i'll reach out and have you on the podcast for five minutes so thank you guys for listening enjoy the episode hayden hawks a lot of really great insights here so enjoy the episode i'm joined again by hayden hawks he's a friend of the show sponsored by hoka nathan drymax sunto and unived sport hayden thanks for joining me again yeah, it's glad to, I'm glad to be back, man. I uh, I really look forward to talking with you. Last time we uh, chatted with Mario, you guys seem to be good buds at this point, and 
You know, I, I felt guilty because I haven't told your whole story. You know, we've we've had you on for race recaps and and whatnot, and I felt like it's time to, you know, share your full story and, and get to know you, the runner, in person. Um, sounds like and dad now. So I always open these up kind of generally, but when did you start running? Why, why did you think this was a good idea to, you know, start running? way back when yeah yeah oh i don't know about way back when i'm only 27 years old so <laughs> no, i only i started running when i was 15 so about 12 years ago um it kind of i kind of got into running uh i guess mistakenly i don't know just like because it was the only option i had at that time and uh just kind of give you a little background so i grew up playing baseball uh, i grew up in st george utah St. George, Utah is known for baseball. It's like a baseball mecca. You know, we, <laughs> we produce just like, wow. we've produced numerous, you know, major league baseball players. Uh, it never snows in St. George, so you could play baseball all year round. And uh, so, yeah, I grew up playing that and was really big into it. You know, I uh, was a huge Boston Red Sox fan, still am. Was like, hey, I'm going to be a professional baseball player. I'm going to play at Fenway Park someday. You know, it was, it was kind of the dream I had. Um, but going into my sophomore year of, of high school, I ended up getting cut from the baseball team and it was like a huge, just disappointment. It was a huge, I, like a life changer to me. But at that point, you know, I thought, I thought like my, my world had ended, but little, little did I know my world had just begun and it was actually a huge, huge blessing in my life. Um, being that it got me into running. Um, I had a coach who, uh, who had told me that I was too small. He said the whole, the whole reason I got cut from the baseball team was I was too small. And what, what position were you playing? I was a second baseman. So too it wasn't small. Like, yeah, yeah. It's not like it's like you have to be a huge, you know, dude to play second base, but I was pretty small. You know, I was, I was skinny. Um, I was a good player, but the coach told me straight up, he said, you know, you are the best player for this position but you're too small and we can't see you growing or be getting any bigger. So, you know, we're, we're going to cut you from the team. And, uh, I remember just going home and just like crying for like two days to my parents being like, you know, Oh, it's over. It's over. Like, what am I going to do now? And, uh, but that same coach, even though he was kind of a jerk and he kind of put me down and, uh, caused a lot of trouble, uh, in my, in my life, I, uh, he told me, he said, you know, maybe you should become a runner. Like, you know, when you're out here running, you know, cause we do like a warm up thing where we'd run two laps around the field and I would just like run it in ease. And you know, all the other guys are struggling huffing and puffing and I'm just like running like it's in. And you know, we'd sometimes we do like a, a sprint around the field and I would beat everybody by like a ways. And so he's like, you know, maybe you should try running. Like, I think you could do really well at that. And I'm like, you know, running, like, I hate running. Like, I only <laughs> run because you guys force me to run. Like, I don't think I, I don't even know if I'd want to do that. Um, but it, it kind of, there was like a string of things that happened where he, he, he told me about it. Then I had a friend that, that was a neighbor of mine who grew up next to me. And he was a cross country runner and he had a car. And I was only 15, I couldn't drive. And so the dude was like, hey, you know, I'll 
come with me. You know, I'll drive you to the high school. You know, we'll go to cross country practice. You know, we'll have a good time. He's like, you can run with me the whole time. And I was like, oh, yeah, maybe maybe I'll do it. Maybe I'll, I'll go for one day, see what it's like. So I went to uh, went to cross country practice at like six in the morning. Was like already hating it because I had to wake up that early. Mm-hmm. Um, but I went and the competitor in me, you know, I've always been a really this high competitor where I don't when I go and I do something, I put everything into it. You know, my dad always taught me to to put a hundred percent work ethic in. You know, the, he he taught me work from when I was small, you know, I was, I was always doing something. I was always busy doing something. And so the same thing happened when I went to cross country practice, I went there and I just went to work. I started running with the top varsity guys and I started pushing the pace on them. And, you know, they didn't like me because they're like, who the heck is this, this little, you know, sophomore kid who's never ran before. Why the heck is he pushing the pace on us? But I kept pushing the pace and I kept pushing the pace. And, you know, half the time I'd in the run, you know, throwing up all over the place because I was so tired and just dead from the run. And then the other half of the time I, I would end up beating everybody and like killing workouts. And the cross country coach kind of got, got a hold of me and he, he started instilling confidence in me, you know, telling me like, Hey, you got a future in this sport. And yeah, it all kind of stemmed from there. It, it just kind of happened. And, uh, I started growing a love for it. You know, I started building friends and it was just like, I actually really like this running thing, you know, and I never thought I'd make a career out of it. But, but I, uh, I did, I do remember at the end of my sophomore year thinking, Hey man, I, I'd like to win a state championship, you know, and I, I think I can do that. And so did you end up accomplishing that? I did. Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, I ended up winning. That's the huge. State- yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. A- a big event, you know, because Utah is a powerhouse for cross country and, and track and field. It's actually they produce a lot of good runners, and uh, I ended up winning, yeah, the the state championship twice my senior year, and in track and field, and it was just like a huge thing for me because like my whole time, you know, my whole life I'd been te- people have been telling me I was too small, or like I couldn't do this or I couldn't do that, and uh, you know my parents always believed in me. But I had a lot of coaches and, and just people, you know, there's people like that in life. You know, they're always telling you you can't do something. And uh, my whole time in high school was like, I'm going to win a state championship. I'm going to prove to people that I can accomplish anything that I put my mind to. And, you know, I remember going to that baseball coach. Actually, after I won the state championship, we had like a little athletic banquet at our, at our high school. And I won, you know, athlete of the year and, wow. and all this stuff at my high school. And I remember going to the baseball coach and being like, hey, you know, thank you. Thank you for encouraging me to run. And, uh, you know, and he was kind of, I don't know, he, the whole time he, he knew that he had cut me from the team. But at the <laughs> same time, you know, I think he was, he was kind of like, you know, he, he was okay with it because of what had happened. So, How, how tall are you, by the way? Uh, about 5'9", five, 5'10", five, I think. Oh, <laughs> so. I'm I'm five eight on a good day. I mean, okay. <laughs> here, <coughs> that's that's funny. I mean, I was picturing. I think Zach Miller's like what five six maybe five seven. Yeah, yeah, probably about that. I've always pictured you taller for some reason. I didn't realize. Um, <laughs> I I never knew that about you. That's really fascinating. 
And so I'm, I'm guessing the transition to college was easier than most. I mean, having having won states twice probably um, had quite a few colleges interested in you, or, or how'd that transition go? Yeah, for sure. I had a, a few colleges, you know, a few told me that I could walk on. I had a couple giving me, uh, you know, get offering scholarships, um, you know, uh, Southern Utah University being one, and then uh, BYU, which is a pretty big, uh, you know, uh, running uh, college, was offering me. Uh, I actually had an offer from Colorado, University of Colorado. Um, Northern Arizona University had, had mentioned that they'd like me on the team. And so, yeah, I had a, a few offers going around, and uh, I ended up choosing a, a local school. You know, I, I, live about an hour, I lived about an hour away from Southern Utah University. Um, and it, I ended up choosing the school because, one, they, they had believed in me, you know, since the start. Like, I went to a cross-country camp at, at Southern Utah University every year when I was in high school. And the coach there, his name's Coach Eric Hool. He really believed in me since I, I first went to this camp. And he'd been like, you know, one day you're going to run for this university. Like, you're going to be an All-American someday. You know, you have the talent. You have the ability. And he really saw something in me that I don't even think I saw in myself. And so I really had just this love for the program and the love for the coach. And uh, also, you know, it was it was local, you know, so I could still be close to my family. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an altitude school, which I knew that uh, you know running at altitude was was going to be a big thing and really going to help me. And then the other thing that I really liked about the university was um, there was a access to trails. Because growing up, I I lived near Zion National Park. You know, I lived near a lot of great great trails uh, down in the desert in Saint George, Utah. And when I was running cross-country and track in, in high school, a lot of my training was actually done on the trails. You know, I'd always find, you know, a lot of the, the coach always wanted us to do speed work. He always wanted us to run on the roads and on the track and all this stuff because that's where you gain the speed. Um, but whenever I could, I would escape out to the trails. You know, I remember going on this run in high school. I was a junior, I think, in high school. And I told my parents, I said, hey, I'm going to run to the Red, the Red Cliff Desert Reserve. It's this huge desert reserve that we have in, in, in St. George. I said, I'm going to go off for a run. My mom's like, how long are you going to go for? And I'm like, I don't know, you know however long I want to go for. You know, see, see what, how I feel. And I ended up going out into the desert and just connecting trail after trail after trail and ended up running like 20-something miles out on, on the desert reserve on, on single-track trail. And I lost track of time and ended up getting dark. And... I didn't have anything. I had no shirt. I had no light, nothing. But I was, I was fine. Like I was just having a blast, enjoying these trails. Well, ended up, I ended up getting lost because it was pitch black. I couldn't see a single thing, and I ended up like seeing this little light clear out in the middle of the desert, and was like, I don't know where the heck I'm at. So I, oh, I ran towards this light, <laughs> and ended up coming upon this house out in the middle of nowhere. And luckily, the guy was home. Um, he ended up giving me a ride back home. I had my parents sick to death. You know, my mom was about to call search and rescue, but I came back just complete smiles, man. Just so <laughs> happy. Like yeah. I had just ran, you know, out in the desert for 20 plus miles, you know, five hours or whatever. I mean, just, you know, enjoying climbing ridges, 
you know, scrambling. It was, it was just a blast. And so my love for trail running really began, you know, back then. And I wanted in, in college, I wanted to run on trails as well. So I picked this university that was closer to the trails as well. That's interesting. And so how did your, your college years go? Were you, were you having immediate success or were you like fifth man on the team and not, you know, participating as much as you wanted or, or how, how'd your overall college experience go? Um, it actually went pretty well from the start. Uh, you know, going in, it was a strong program. You know, SU has been a national qualifier for many, many years. You know, they've produced national champions, All-Americans. You know, it's, it's been a great, great program for many years. So going in, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I would consider myself kind of a cocky freshman. But, yeah, I guess I kind of was kind of a little bit of a cocky freshman. Coming in, I, I was thinking, you know, I'm going to be the number one guy on the team. You know, I don't care if they have Cam Levins, who's going to be a potential, you know, uh, national champion, All-American. I don't care. I'm going to push the pace on these guys, and I'm going to try my best. And I'm going to, I'm going to become, you know, the best runner that I could. And so I did. I came in. I started pushing the pace right from the start. And just like in high school, half of the days ended up throwing up all over the field. The other half of the days ended up being great days. And I just kept learning and growing. And from all these guys that had been doing it, from Coach Hool, and uh, by the time I ended my freshman year. I actually was a conference champion in the 10,000 meters. Um, I think I was you know, one of the only freshmen to ever win conference in the 10K. And, uh, yeah, I had a really actually successful first year. And uh, it just kind of kept getting better and better every year um, from then on. Hey, tell me about your last year at college. Yeah, yeah. So – you know, the whole thing in college is everybody goes into college and there's this there's this honor, I guess, or this thing that everybody wants to do. They want to become an All-American. An All-American means, you know, top 40 in the nation for cross-country um, and track and field. And, you know, if you're, if you're in this category, I guess you'd say, you're considered, you know, the best runners in the nation. And uh, so my whole goal throughout all of college was like, I want to be an All-American. I'm going to be an All-American. And, uh, and so I worked and worked and worked and put in, I was putting in big weeks in college, you know, doing hundred plus mile weeks, um, you know, hard, hard workouts, you know, every single day, just working my butt off. And, uh, my senior year across country, I ended up accomplishing that all American. And, uh, it was a big thing for me because like, you know, just like in high school, I put in this work, I put in this effort. And I accomplished the goal. You know, I had set the goal, then I accomplished the goal. And I think there's a big thing with that in life is when you set goals and then you're able to accomplish those goals, it really triggers something. It, it kind of gets you to this next level. Um, not only is it just accomplishing the goal that gets you there, but it's the process in accomplishing that goal. And you learn so much through the process. You grow physically and mentally and in all forms, you just become a better, well-rounded person, a better, well-rounded athlete. And, you know, that's, that's always what it's been for me is the process. I, I love the process. I actually love to train because I love the process in, in growing and becoming better. And I feel like that All-American, you know, becoming an All-American, setting that goal and hitting that goal actually triggered me to become a professional runner because 
And I don't know if I would have become a professional runner if it wasn't for accomplishing that goal because I never really, I mean, I had this thought in my mind that, yeah, it would be cool to be a professional runner, you know? How cool would it be to, to be able to travel the world and run? And, and like, like, that's all you have to do. You, you go to work every day and working is running. Like, that would be amazing. And, but I never really 100% believed that I would be able to do that because it just seemed such a far way away and it, and it was such a small percentage of people that actually have that opportunity to become a professional runner. And, but becoming an All-American and, and hitting that goal told me, yeah, you can become a professional runner. You know, it's going to be hard. It's going to be a process. But you've accomplished this goal. You've accomplished this goal. Like, now set this goal and go for it. And you can do it. And uh, now I'm just you – know, I'm – fortunate enough to to be a full-time professional runner and it's it's such a dream come true a lot of work has been put into it but it's it's a dream come true man it's amazing i mean i i'm huge on goals like huge not only running related goals but like professionally personally like i i think they are and and you got to set them high enough that they're not like obviously achievable they're not too out of reach um but then when you do start ticking off some of those boxes like it's truly like a rewarding satisfying feeling that you've progressed um so that's that's awesome that that's uh that's how your college career progressed i mean so how long did it take you from graduation to um sign up for your first ultra <laughs> uh, it was pretty quick. It was like a month, I think, after graduating. Um, you know, like I said, I had had some experience with trails. You know, um, I'd ran on the trails, you know, around Cedar City and around St. George. But I had never ran um, that far. You know, I'd never ran 30 miles before, um, especially with elevation gain, you know, as much elevation gain. Um, so yeah, I ended up signing up for the speed goat 50 K, um, which was a month after I graduated, uh, from college. I just finished my track and field season and I kind of was a little, a little burnt out on track and field and on road running. You know, it was, heard that it was a lot of, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a, <laughs> it's, it's a lot of pounding. It's a lot of just, you know, running the same route day in and day out. Um, you know, I still enjoy it. You know, I, I still go and run with some of the, the local, you know, track and field guys here. At, at You know, I live near Southern Utah University, so I'll go run with them. But I got a little burnt out after after college, and so I was like, hey, you know, like, I guess I kind of gravitated more towards the trails because that's where I'd really found the love before when I was, you know, training on the trails when I was younger and in college. And I, I just kind of felt like something pushing me towards the trails like it was – it was kind of, you know, destined for me to go that way. And uh, so I had a buddy who uh, had asked me to go out for a trail run with him. And so I went out for a trail run and uh, in one in the mountain range here near where I live. And we went out for like a 14-hour, uh, 14-mile trail run. <laughs> and, uh, and had a good time. You know, we climbed to this peak and then descended down. And after we got done with that run he kept talking about this race called the speed goat 50 K. 
Um, and he's like, oh, yeah, you know, there's this race up in northern Utah, Speed Goat 50K. This guy named Carl Meltzer puts it on. And he kind of talking to me about, like, the history of, of ultra running, the history of Carl Meltzer and his 100 miles and, and all these different things. And, and I was just all, you know, all ears. I was just soaking it all up. And it was just like, wow, what is this sport? Like, <laughs> this this seems amazing. Like, these guys are out running 100-mile races, like – this is incredible, you know? And, uh, and then he just kind of the passion that he was talking about it, you know, talking about it with and, and just the love of, for the sport that he had. And he started talking about the community and the people and how just how, how people are, are just into this, this sport because of their love for the outdoors and their love for just out there running and having a good time. And it, it just really triggered something in me where I was like, wow, I want to be a part of this. Like, I want to be involved with this, this sport. And, uh, but he was, and he asked me, he said, Hey, do you want to do the speed go 50 K? I think you do an amazing job at it. And I was like, no, no way, dude. Like 50 K, like 30 miles. <laughs> that is so far. I was like, there's no way I'm doing that. I was like, this is my first mountain run, like proper mountain run that I've done. <laughs> This 14-mile proper mountain run, like that's the, this is the first thing that I've ever done. And he's just like, no, dude, I think you could do a really good job. And I was like, well, how technical is it? He's like, oh, well, it's pretty technical. You know, it's considered the hardest 50K in North America. You know, it's got like 10, 12K of vert. And I'm like, what? I was like, no, there's no way. I was like, let me do some shorter stuff. You know, I I'd, I'd signed up for the – the u.s mountain running championship out in new hampshire which is like a 10k i was like you know let me do the 10k first and then we'll, we'll maybe think about it you know but but i'm not doing it this year maybe next year and uh he's like okay okay well anyways time went on i went and did the race out in new hampshire qualified for the mountain running team was like dude i love mountain running i love trail running i'm doing this and and i got came home and all of a sudden, I get a text message from, from my friend, and he's like, hey, man, I'm up here at Speedgo 50K. Like, I wish you were here. And I was like, yeah, yeah, good luck. Have a great time. I hope you enjoy it. I, you've been training. You know, you can do a great job. And he's like, dude, you should come here. Like, this, is, this would be amazing for you. And all of a sudden, like, I was like, ah, I really want to do it. So I started talking to my wife, and she's like, no you can't do that. Like it's, it's too, too long. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you're right. So I went to bed that night, woke up the next morning. And the first thing I do, I, I pop up out of bed and I, I turn to my wife and said, we're going to Salt Lake. I'm doing the speed go 50 K. She's like, <laughs> what? This is the day before the race. Right. And she's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I, I know I need to do it. Like I need to do this race. And I was like, I think I could do a good job at it. She's like, okay, okay, let's go. So we hop in the car, head up, and actually, she didn't come with me. I forgot about, I forgot about this part. She didn't come with me because I had to work at the local running store on the day of the race. And I couldn't find anybody to cover my shift. And so I asked my wife, I said, hey, will you cover for me? Like, Because she had worked there like one or two days in the past. I was like, if you cover for me, I promise <laughs> you that I'll win this race. Oh, my gosh. That's what I told her. <laughs> She's like... Okay, yeah, I'll do it for you. I'll do it for you. And I'm like, okay. 
I was like, there's $5,000 too. If I win the race, it's $5,000. I was like, I will bring back the $5,000 and, and, and you can get whatever you want with it. She's like, okay, okay. So I drove up. I got like some advice from Mag- Magdalena Bollet the night before. I met her there for the first time. That's... She gave me nutrition advice. Okay. They threw a pack on me and I had no clue what I was doing. Nathan signed you on the spot, probably. Uh, no, <laughs> no, not right on the spot. But uh, I, uh, yeah. And so the next the next morning, I woke up, jumped into the race, and I mean, I, I'm I'm going up against guys, you know, like Chris Vargo and Alex Nichols and and all these dudes that are kind of vets Jeez. in the in the in the game. I, you know, no no disrespect to them. These guys are amazing guys. But I had no clue who they were, you know, coming from track and field. I, I had no clue, which was probably a good thing because if I would have known who I was going up against, yeah, I might, I might have been a little scared. What is it, what's the saying? Ignorance is bliss sometimes. I mean, like, exactly. Yeah. If I, I can't even imagine. I mean, that's amazing. When, yeah. when did you and your wife get married? Not to be, sidetrack, backtrack here. Uh, we got married in. Uh, I think it was my junior year of, of college. Okay. So we, we met on the track team. She's a runner herself. She ran at, at she ran at Southern Utah University as well. And okay. yeah, we ended up meeting on the team, um, got married and yeah, it's just been great ever since, you know, she really understands me because she's a runner. You know, when I have to go out for, you know, yesterday I was out for a six hour long run. She understands, you know, that it's part of my job. It's part of my life. And you know, I come home and she goes out for her two-hour run. You know, and yeah, she's she's still training hard. She's she's actually trying to qualify for the Olympic trials in the marathon. Um, she's kind of introduced. She's been introducing herself into trails lately. She's really enjoying those. So yeah, it's it's a it's just a great great you know relationship that we have. We understand each other. We understand running. Running is definitely a huge part of our life, but it's awesome. We uh, love it. Anyone who will cover your shift at the running store so you can go do speed goat. I mean, you found a keeper. That's, that's amazing. (laughs) I, I think, uh, I got engaged junior year of college also. I, I can't even remember at this point. Um, so how'd speed goat go? Because it seems like it's an important race looking through your, I mean, you, you've only been running ultras since, uh, july of 2016 so i i'm new to this sport and i even had one or two ultras under my belt at that point so (laughs) how'd speed go go you know i'm glad you brought that up too because it's kind of funny man like i've been in europe right for the last four months you know we'll talk about that later but when when i'm around and people in the ultra running community they think i'm like a vet in this (laughs) sport man like people are always like Oh, you know, how many hundred milers have you ran? You know, how many hundred Ks have you ran? I bet you've done a ton. I bet you've won a hun- like 10 hundred milers. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, I've only been doing this sport for two years. Like, I'm so new to this. Um, but I guess that's a good thing, but kind of a bad thing sometimes because people forget that I'm, I'm still a rookie, man. Like, I'm pretty new to this sport. And, uh, you know, it's, it's been an awesome ride so far and yeah it all started kind of with speed goat like uh in 2000 you know july 2016 yeah so i went into that race you know took off from the gun 
you know, and I uh, started pushing the pace, and only one guy went with me. It was uh, Chris Vargo. Me and Chris Vargo were running together um, for about the first uh, maybe 10 miles of the race. Um, we ran into two moose um, while we were running, and which I thought was the most incredible thing because here we are climbing up this mountain, you know, and all of a sudden we run into some moose, and I'm like, dude, this is what this sport is all about. Like, <laughs> I'm like, this is why I'm doing this. Like, I get to see wildlife. I get to run to this peak. I'm breathing heavy. I'm sweating to death. I have no clue what I'm doing. I'm throwing in a whole bunch of, you know, gels into my body, but I'm loving every minute of this. And, uh, you know, we ran together for the first 10 miles, and then all of a sudden I, I just started feeling really good, started pushing it even harder. And, uh, yeah, I ended up winning the race and it was incredible. Like I finished the race. I was completely trashed because I'd went out, I went out so hard and I went out like a track race and I got to the end of the race and I was toast. And, uh, that last descent coming off of, you know, hidden peak and speed go, I was like, Whoa, dude, like I'm what the heck? Like I'm feeling pretty dizzy. Like I'm feeling tired. I, I, what's going on but it it was just because i'd never ran 30 miles before you know i'd never been in that situation but i was still loving it and i finished the race in first place had a great time ate like four pizzas after the race and (laughs) like that's my reward that's yeah if if i do an ultra i get a pizza that's be gluten-free but okay um, that's fun four pizzas <laughs> yeah dude they just had free pizzas all over so i'm like hey you know why not so i just kept grabbing boxes and eating them and and i drank like maybe two gallons of like sunkiss or orange orange soda <laughs> definitely not the best recovery food in the world but i was just starving and you know i was on top of the world so so the next day were you on ultra sign up already like, had you caught the bug after that victory? I mean, were you like, this is my calling? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, uh, I was on Ultra Sign Up. I was on YouTube, you know, looking at videos of, you know, Zach Miller and all these, you know, that whole Nike video that they did out in UTMB and CCC. Yeah, Billy Yang. Billy That's Yang's video. Probably the most classic ultra running video ever done. Yeah. Exactly. I was just looking up videos for like, hours the next day <laughs> where, were you, were you on the do? sofa with your legs elevated or were you yeah like... yeah i was pretty tired yeah <laughs> uh, but still like i don't think the the soreness and the tiredness really hit me for like two or three days after because i had such so much adrenaline going you know knowing that i had just won this race um hoka actually had contacted me right after the race and we're like hey we're interested in you like do you want to make this a career? Like we think you have potential and we think that you could, you know, be one of our athletes. And so I was like, Oh no, like no way. Like this could really be happening. You know, I could, be, I, I could be getting a contract. I could be, can become a pro. Like, yeah, there was a whole bunch of little, like I was just so, so much excitement going on that I don't think the whole, it really hit me until like two or three days later. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was incredible, man. An incredible couple days there. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it leads me kind of down the path. You even mentioned uh, you know, the the Miller videos and whatnot. I mean, North Face, 
I, I'm just shocked. Like, you started ultra running in July. It's now December. You're towing the line of probably the most competitive race beyond Western states in North America. Mm-hmm. I mean, how were you feeling going into North Face? I don't want to overly focus on the race. It's just, um, it's phenomenal. Like, I asked my Patreon supporters if they had any questions for you, and I think the very first one was Paul asking about greatest ultra running YouTube video ever, Hawks versus Miller. <laughs> and you're like lessons. You're like six months into the sport. Um, yeah, yeah. How were you feeling going into the race? Actually, I was quite confident going into North Face. To be honest with you, um, you know, here I am coming off a speedo victory. I. Uh, I ran some races in between Speedgoat and North Face. You know, I uh, I ran um, the La Sportiva Mountain Cup, which was going on at that time, which was a bunch of like 30k type races from around the country. And I ended up winning the La Sportiva Mountain Cup um, right after uh, Speedgoat. So I'd I'd been winning those races, and then all of a sudden I went to the World Championship for mountain running because I'd qualified for the team earlier, right. and I ended up taking fourth at the world championship out in bulgaria and our team won the gold medal you know at that, at that um, race for the first time in u.s history and so there was like all this just like confidence kind of building within me like i was winning everything you know i, I was everything i'd put my my name in for i was, was coming out of victory or or you know winning as a team and it was like wow like you know i really got something going on here and North Face just kind of was the next thing in line. Like going into the race, I I knew it was a runnable course. You know, I knew that you had to have, have to have speed for it, and I had speed. You know, I, I was a track and field guy. You know, I I ran thirteen fifty one in the five k in college, so I was like, you know, I'm not lack I'm not <laughs> lacking speed. That's so insane. <laughs> so, yeah, I so, can't even comprehend that speed. Wow. I mean, and, and that was good, but it wasn't like college time. But uh, it was like. Yeah, you know, I, I think I can do really well at this race. You know, the whole concept of 50 miles was definitely a little, you know, overwhelming, thinking, oh, 50 miles, that's quite a ways. Um, but seeing the time, you know, I knew that was going to take me about five to six hours to do. You know, speed go took me five and a half hours to do. Yeah. So I was like, hey, like, I, can, I know I can run for five and a half hours and be just fine. And, uh, you know, and... Again, I was pretty new to the sport, maybe a little naive. I had no clue who I was running against. Still. I mean, again, ignorance is bliss for your first yeah. year of ultra running. This is. I hope you don't know your competition coming up here soon. <laughs> I mean, it's probably good to know your competition, but yeah, you know, and I still respect these guys. Oh my gosh, like the guys in our sport, I respect them so much. Um, Zach Miller, I respect that guy, you know, a ton. He's, he's such an incredible guy. Nice, incredible yeah, nice person. Nice person. Yeah. And so, yeah, going into the race, I was, was pretty confident, ready for it. You know, knew it, knowing that Zach would go out hard, knowing that I like to go out hard. It was just like, okay, let's do this. You know, let's have a good time. You know, let's, let's give people a show and, and let's have some fun. So, I, I mean, it was amazing. Jamil captured it. And the whole time I watched the video, um, Miller versus Hawk. Like, I, I legitimately the whole time I'm like, Jamil is an excellent runner. Like, 
to be able to keep up with both of you guys um, for a lot of that. So check that video out if you haven't already. I mean, that's amazing. So tell me, when you come in second place, I mean, were you happy with your performance there? Or were you, like, down in the dumps? Like, how, how did you feel when you crossed the finish line, got your North Face medal? And, I mean, how, how did you feel coming runner-up there? Yeah, uh, I'd just like to give out a shout-out to Jamil as well for that video. That, <laughs> if it wasn't for that video, I don't think that my career would be what it is today. That really triggered a huge, huge following for me, and it was like a huge, crucial part of of me becoming the ultra runner that I am today. Um, but yeah, you know, after that second place finish, I was I was happy with it, but I was hungry. I would say nice. I wanted to win the race. I mean, and you know, I I really thought that I could win that race. You know, I got in halfway into that race and was like, I'm going to win this thing. And then ended up taking second place, you know, by such close margin. It was just like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm really happy. My first 50 miler, like, I, I need to be happy about it. You know, bringing home some some prize money. You know, I, I just lost yeah. to Zach Miller, who's like one of the best runners in the world. Like, I should be happy. But me, you know, being the competitor I am, and I think this is true for, for all of these top-level guys. You know, Killian and Jim and Zach, Tim, they all feel the same way. We want to win. I mean, we're in it to win it. You know, we we want to be the best, you know, and we want to, I don't know, it's just this, this, this I don't know how you said this, fire that burns within us that's so hard to extinguish. But... But we don't want to extinguish it because, you know, it just keeps burning and burning and burning. And every time, you know, you barely don't win a race, that fire just gets gets hotter and hotter and hotter. And that's kind of how I felt was like, yeah, I'm happy, but I know I have a lot more in me. And I know that I can, I, I can do better. And uh, so, yeah, that's what I did is I got straight to work after that race. And, you know, it's just – it's just – you know, those kind of races have just kind of kept me going, you know, for the last couple of years. So. I, mean, I could tell. I mean, you followed up with Moab. Uh, I, I believe that was your next race in February, mid-February in uh, Moab. You crush it. Uh, again, the, the time you're running 50Ks, like, are just mind-bending in my opinion. Like, you follow it up also uh, in March with Chuckanut 50K. I, I know you didn't win it, you took runner-up, but a 333 uh, for that type of course in that type of condition, just mind-bending for us middle of the pack to back of the pack, like at 333, I'd be happy with a road marathon at 333. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you're thrown down with like big competition there. Um, the reason I respect you is because of Transvolcania, like it in May of 2017. So you're less than a year into ultra running. You show up at, I mean, it's a it's a pretty competitive race. It's oh, yeah. super competitive, right? Yeah, yeah, it's one of the top com- competitions, uh, competitive races in the in the world. The reason I 
truly respect you as an ultra runner is it didn't go as planned. It sounds like it was a just a bad race for you. I mean, walk me through what happened there and what changes did you make? Because you clearly made some changes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it, it definitely didn't go as planned. It was it wasn't the funnest race in the world, but it it was definitely a, a game changer for my career. I feel um, going into that race, I got a little. Uh, I guess I got a little too greedy, you know, with with racing. Um, I raced, you know, a lot between Speedgo and Transvolcania. I I was putting in races, you know, like every other week or at least two a month, and it was just because I was so excited, you know, I was new to the sport didn't really understand what my body could handle yet, Yeah. you know, because um, in college, you know, you can run three 5Ks a month and be just fine, you know, but it's a 5K. It's not a 50K. And I, I didn't realize how, how much ultras take out of you, you know, that especially when you're running at that pace and you're, you're going that fast, you, you literally deplete your system quite a bit. And, uh, and so, yeah, I, I ran, you know, Red Hot and Chuckanaut, and then I did the Zion Traverse, which is a 50-mile traverse across Zion National Park. I broke the the fastest known time across that. And all those races, you know, back to back to back, took a lot out of me more than I thought. I also had ran another local race, a 50K in between all those. So it was like four races in like two months, you know, and I... so going into Transvolcania, I definitely wasn't recovered like I should have been. You know, my body was pretty depleted. I was tired. You know, it was my first international race, so I was traveling, you know, across the, the ocean to get to this race. And I went out hard, you know, like I usually do. Me and Tim Frericks, we went out pushing it up that first climb at Transvolcania and was feeling pretty good. And then I got to 50K into the race, and my body just said, no, you know, like, you can't do this anymore. We, I, I can't handle this anymore. And it was not happy. You know, I couldn't keep any food down. I was throwing up the whole time. Threw up, like, 15 different times. Started cramping like crazy um, and just completely shut down. My body completely shut down. And I ended up having to walk the last like 15 miles of the race, which is all downhill. So it's runnable. I should have been able to run it. But I was so cramped up and I was just so dead like that I could not do anything. And so I ended up walking the entire 15 mile, last 15 miles. And uh, yeah, you know, it was a tough race, definitely hard, but I learned a lot. I learned that I needed to be careful that I needed to let my body recover in between races. And it, it was a huge, huge turning point in my career to help me realize what I could and could, could not handle and just to be a smart overall runner. So, I mean, I, I became a Hayden Hawks fan after that race. As weird as it sounds, you don't have to win the race to gain um, <laughs> a following. It's how you followed through like you had a horrible race you didn't drop have you ever had a dnf before uh no i've never dnf'd no i uh i don't i don't like to dnf you know it's uh it's the race you know 
you got to give respect to the race. You got to give respect to the mountains, to the course, to all the other runners in the race. You know, there's there's people you know in this race that are that are giving so much to be in that race. You know, they have families, they have full time jobs. I mean, they're out there training their butts off every single day just so they can finish this race. You know, and I'm blessed with the talent that I can win races, but that doesn't put me above anybody. You know, that doesn't put me above the race. That doesn't put me above the, you know, the mountain or or any part of, of all this. And so, you know, I believe that if I'm healthy enough, if I'm not injured, you know, if my leg's not broken or, you know, I'm, I'm risking hurting myself, um, that could be like a really bad injury then I'm going to finish the race, you know, out of respect for, for all of that. You know, the, the race had flew me out. You know, they had paid for me to be there in Spain. You know, I was having an incredible time, me and my brother, and it was like, this is the least I could do. And, uh, yeah, you know, and, and I'm glad I did finish because, like I said, I, I had a lot of time to think that last 15 miles. And that last 15 miles of Transvolcania changed my life. It changed my career. It changed the runner who I am today. Well, I, I gained a lot of respect from you for just gutting out 15 miles and getting it done. I mean, and obviously not jeopardizing permanent injury or, you know, you know, some kind of serious injury from it. Um, so it's kind of funny. I mean, I, I really respect all your, your wins and, and, you know, the times you've come runner up, but, the time you came in 77th overall, I actually think I might respect you the most from. Thank you. I I don't know. I don't know why. Um, just being honest. (laughs) So you, let's, let's spend some time talking about CCC. I mean, you won speed goat. We could probably have a whole episode just on that race alone. Um, there's a vertical mile, um, in, in between Transvolcania, you did, uh, Grand Canyon Ultras half marathon. You got the vert on, and then you show up in Chamonix, um, in first. What? Where was your mind going into CCC? Were you hesitant, having traveled previously and had a totally botched race, or where were you going into CCC? Yeah. Um, so after Transvolcania, you know, I. I came home, but then I had to get ready for the world championship because I'd made the U.S. team. And two weeks after Transvolcania, I had this world championship race. And I was like, you know, I I need to run this race. You know, I, I'm representing my country. Like, I've already committed to it. So I ended up running that race. It didn't go as it didn't go as bad as Transvolcania, but it didn't go the, that great either. I remember and, that, uh, yeah. Yeah, and so I had like two tough performances back to back. But hey, you know, I was less than a year into ultra running. Like that's gonna happen, of course, right? And uh, <laughs> that's an amazing first year ultra running. Just had to throw it out there. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> I had I'd had bad. I mean, I raced in track and field. I had bad races, you know, for years and years. And so I just knew that it was a part of the sport. But after after that, I kind of got a little like hesitant. I was thinking like man, maybe uh, I'm not cut out for this or, you know, maybe uh, I should, you know, be careful. And I, I kind of maybe my confidence lacked just a little bit. But my coach, you know, being the smart coach that he is, was like, hey, man, we need to we need to take two weeks off 
completely off. We need to reset your mind. He's like, I want you to really, you know, set some goals, think about things, just, you know, re reset everything. And so I took two weeks off after world championships, completely off. Well, I guess I wouldn't say completely off. I flew out to Chamonix actually, and I ended up hiking the CCC course, um, just for fun. No running at all. Like I wanted to run, but I told myself I'm not going to run. I'm just going to go out here. I'm going to enjoy the mountains. I'm going to hike this entire course, and I'm just going to have a good time and uh, and make set goals and replan. And so I flew out there by myself, and that's exactly what I did. Is I, I just had this alone time with me in the mountains, and uh, and yeah. After that two weeks, I was just completely a changed person. Was confident again and ready to train and so I started getting to work you know I started training hard and getting ready for CCC and uh, you know I'd watched that video about Zach Miller winning CCC and so it was always a dream of mine to be at that race but I didn't realize how cool that event is until I went there and I, I got on that starting line you know I, I was involved with all the event and was like this play, this is incredible, man. Like, this is like, this is what endurance sports is all about. You know, like people, all these passionate people that love ultra running, gathering together in in Chamonix, in this little city in the middle of the Alps. You know, doing it because they love it. And and I just had an incredible time out there. Was able to come away with the victory, and course record, and was just like, wow, like. You know, now I know what I need to do, and it completely, you know, helped me regain this confidence that I had, I had started with. What's so. What's your best memory from your CCC win? Best memory, um, I mean, crossing the finish line is incredible. You know, if you've ever been there for UTMB, CCC, TDS, any of those races. And the the vibe, I mean, just the excitement in that city, you know, there's thousands of people just lining the streets, you know, you're running through these tunnels of people going into Chamonix and then crossing that finish line with the American flag and people just like, you know, going crazy. I mean, that was such an amazing, amazing uh, experience. I'd say another uh, cool part was... Um, I'd been running with with one of my Hoka teammates, a French guy named Ludo, um, for most of the first like uh, 40k of the race, and I got to 40k and there's this big climb that goes up into this town called Champé Lac, and we had been hammering down this downhill, you know, I I was dropping like five minute miles down this thing, <laughs> you know, knowing that that Ludo wasn't a runner, like he was more of a, a mountain guy, he was a really good hiker. But knowing that, that I had a little bit more speed than him, I was like, hey, if this dude follows me, then I know that I can, um, I can possibly win this race. And so we, we go down to the bottom of this hill, and then there's this huge climb. And all of a sudden, like, I don't know, my mind, my body just was, like, so fired up. And I, I ran that entire climb up to Champé Lock. And Whoa. Ludo and the rest of the field ended Drop. up having to, like, walk it or hike it because it's a really really steep climb and and that was the kind of the turning point in the race where i was like i'm gonna win this thing 
you know, this, this is my race to lose. And, uh, yeah. So that was probably a really cool point in the race because like I was only 50 K into the race, you know, still had 50 K to go, but I knew I was going to win the race. And like, it was just this feeling I had in me, like you have this, like, that's it's awesome. just, it's nice to feel that. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I, I'm excited. We're what two weeks. I'm, I'm two weeks away from towing the start line at CCC, which it's funny to hear you say it's a dream race of yours because you're just on such a high, like elite level of ultra running. Um, I've tried to convey to middle to back of the pack, like, you can actually sign up and run your dream race here. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> it's it's weird that we can both show up um, and run the same course. It's yeah, basic. You're, you're gonna love it, man. It's basically like the Olympics of ultra running. I mean, would you put it kind of on that pedestal? Yeah, yeah. It's the championship of ultra running. You know, they have four different races there, from 50k to 100 miles, mm-hmm. and they're probably four of the most competitive races in the world. So. I'm just shooting for top 500. I, I would be blown away if I was top 500 <laughs> at CCC. Go and get it. <laughs> I, I think you could do it. It's uh, it's a lot more runnable than you think it is, just to let that's you know. what Claire Gallagher told me exactly. Yeah. That's funny that you said that. A lot of people go into these Euro races thinking like they're completely so technical that you're not going to be able to run them, but it's not true. Especially if you live in the Rocky Mountains, you know, if you live in the mountains here in Utah or Colorado, like you can run these European races, you know, they're, they're technical, but I think, I think the Euros sometimes try to make them, they they talk them up like they're like really, really technical and really, really hard. I mean, they are challenging, don't get me wrong, but they talk them up to try to like scare us. Yeah. But I, I think if you go into it realizing like, Hey, I'm fit, I'm confident, like I can run technical trail. And be just fine you'll you'll do perfect man and it's a lot more runnable than you think so cool i mean i'm just going out for celebrating three years of ultra running so i mean awesome man. yeah so you're only, you're only one year ahead of me i know i know <laughs> I, was, I was shocked though when i saw the date on your first ultra run I was like geez that's insane like to be that level of ultra running um i don't want to skip over Lavaredo, I mean, it seemed to be a heck of a run for you. It's as competitive as a lot of these UTMB races. Is that fair to say? Oh, yeah, yeah, very competitive, especially this year. It was um, probably one of the most competitive races so far this year. Tell me, I mean, just for the listeners' background, where is the race? Kind of how were you feeling going into it? What was your logic signing up for it yeah it was uh it's in the dolomites in italy um in this town called cortina de Ampezzo. it's one of the most beautiful places on the face of the earth the mountains there are incredible um yeah and so that was one of the things that drew me to it because i'd seen videos about it you know i'd I'd heard about the race and i heard how beautiful it was and so yeah that was uh, it was a dream race of mine to do um but the other reason I signed up for it was um, I'd had an injury at the beginning of this year. I ran a, a race in Costa Rica. Then after the Costa Rica race, I ended up getting injured, had a back, lower lower back, glute injury that was really debilitating. 
And it ended up switching my schedule quite a bit because I had this goal of doing this race in China and then doing that race in China would give me points so that I could do UTMB this year because um, UTMB was kind of the, the main goal for this year. Well, after this injury, I couldn't do the China race, and so I ended up having to like switch my schedule all around. And Lavaredo just kind of fit perfectly into what I wanted to do. And my whole thought was, hey, I've never ran through the night. Like, I need to learn how to run through the night. And Lavaredo starts at 11 o'clock at night. And, you know, it's another amazing European race in a beautiful part of the world. You know, me and my wife, we had planned to, to travel and live in Europe all summer, which we did. So it was like, hey, it's, it's in Europe. You know, we're going to be there anyways. And the other thing was like I could get the points from that, which could get me into UTMB. And it might be a good race to kind of get me ready for UTMB. Um, so, yeah, there was a lot of little things going into it. And, yeah, I ended up signing up for it. Um, then I saw the field and was like, wow, yeah, this is the race to be at, you know, <laughs> with names like Pau Capel and Tim Tolufsen and Stefan Hugenschmidt and, you know, Michelle Land, all these really fast runners. I was like, yes, you know, I, I, I love competition. I love being in the competitive races. And so I definitely was excited for it. And it ended up going well. You know, I, I ended up winning the race. It wasn't the easiest race. It was a lot harder than CCC. It was the hardest ultra I've ever done. Um, longest, right, also? Longest, yeah, longest. And, you know, running through the night was really difficult for me. I don't know why, but I just – I got a, I got to like 3 or 4 in the morning, and, and I just didn't want to run anymore, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I didn't even want to, like, be a professional runner anymore. Like you my mind questioning everything. Yeah. My mind was just telling me, Hey man, like this is stupid. Like <laughs> you, you could easily have an easier job than this. Like why the heck do you pick this as a career? And, uh, and, but then I quickly bumped those out of my head and yeah. How, how did you pull good. out of that? Cause it's, it's common. I mean, I, I remember, quite a few races running through the night and you have this natural like rhythm to your body it's like okay it's time to go to bed because now the moon's out and it's hard to snap out of it like i sometimes have to kick caffeine and we're talking crushing middle of the pack here um like (laughs) i i that's pretty much my only trick is maybe some music like headphones and some caffeine i mean how did you kick yourself out of that yeah, I think caffeine definitely helped because I didn't take caffeine for the first, like, uh, 60 kilometers of that race. I had no caffeine at all in me. So I ran through the entire night with no caffeine. And I don't know why I did that. I was thinking, like, hey, if I take caffeine towards the end of the race, it'll help me, you know, to run better at the end of the race, which it did. But I suffered so hard for that first 60 kilometers. Um so yeah, taking some caffeine definitely helped, but also just the sun coming up. Yeah, like yeah. once the sun came up, um, and I've heard it, it can do two of two things to you. It can either make you just give up, like you feel worse when the sun comes up, or you feel incredible when the sun comes up. And luckily, I felt incredible. The sun came up. I was I kept eating throughout the whole night, even though I was feeling horrible. I just kept eating, and I and I kept that mindset in me that it'll turn around. 
And I remember Tim Tolson passing me at like maybe 40K. And Tim was like, dude, just keep eating. Just keep eating. It'll turn around. It'll turn around. <laughs> and I was awesome. just kind of like in my head, I was like, shut up, Tim. Like you don't <laughs> even know what, what, where I'm at right now. But then at the same time, I was like, that is awesome. Like that is what's so cool about this sport. I mean, like this guy's running against me. He's wanting to beat me. And he's giving me advice, you know, and telling me that it will turn around. And uh, so I did. I kept eating. I started popping the caffeine when the sun came up. And all of a sudden, I felt like a new person, man. I started pushing and pushing. And then that last, like, 40 kilometers, 50 kilometers of the race, I, I, was, just, I was feeling great. I was pushing the whole entire time. I ended up passing Tim again. And Tim was just like, see, I told you, I see, I told you it would come around. And I was like, come with me, Tim, come with me. I was like, let's go get Pow, because Pow Capel was leading the race. He was like 15 minutes up on us. And I'm like, oh, come man. on, Tim, let's go, let's go, let's go. And Tim's like, all right, all right, yeah. And so he started running with me. He maybe ran with me for like a half a mile to a mile. And he's like, dude, I can't hang, I can't hang at this pace. <laughs> he's like, I'll see you later, man. I'll catch you later. And I was like, all right, I'll see you later. And, uh, yeah, so we were just having a good time out there. And, yeah, it ended up, you know, ended up coming away with the victory. And it was, it was, ended up being an amazing day. You know, it started bad, but it finished great. So that's awesome. Um, and in the future, you'll see potentially two sunrises or at least, uh, us, us slower guys see two sunrises and the second one is much better than the first sunrise just to throw it out there um, okay. <laughs> oh, good to know. um yeah it's mind-boggling when you see the second sunrise and you're you're still going um <laughs> that's awesome though that you you pulled it together and hung in there and tell me about this finish line because I saw the I saw the photo and I was a little concerned about you, honestly. Yeah, I think a lot of people were. I was concerned about myself. You know, <laughs> it was uh, it was tough. Like, uh, you know, I think there was so much like change of emotion going on in the race where I felt so bad and then I felt great and I started pushing so hard. I mean, I was 15 minutes behind the lead and sitting in sixth place, thinking, you know, if I can pull out a top three. Like, that would be incredible. Wow. Well, I started catching people. I caught the fifth guy, caught the fourth, caught the third, caught the second guy, and was like, wow, like, I am gaining on people. I'm feeling incredible. And I think I got maybe a little too confident because I started blowing through the aid stations towards the end of the race. Yeah. You know, the sun started coming up, so it started getting hotter. Um, I was blowing through aid stations. I wasn't eating like I should have been. And... I was just so focused on catching Pau Capel, knowing that I was catching all these other guys and that there was a potential that I could possibly catch him. And then once I caught him, it was the whole focus was trying to gain as much time on him as I possibly could. And I think just I had forgot, you know, doing pushing so hard, I forgot to eat. I forgot to do the little things. Mm -hmm. So by the time I got to the end of the race, I was completely dehydrated. My blood sugar was extremely low. You know, I got to about 10, 5 to 10 kilometers from the finish line. It was a downhill, and the world just started spinning. Like, things started getting really dizzy. 
And I started, you know, hammering gels. And every time I'd hammer a gel, I'd throw it up because, like, my body just wasn't wanting any more gels. And I started, and then I ran out of water, you know, the last, like, five kilometers. And so it was just, like, everything was just kind of like, oh, no, like, what's going on? My body was not happy. I got to the finish line. I remember asking this guy on a bike who was taking me in. I was like, where's the finish line? Where's the finish line? He's like, oh, it's only, like, 800 meters away. And I'm like, dude, I don't know if I'm going to make it. And he's just like, <laughs> oh, no. he's like, no, you can do it. You can do it. Oh, no. And I'm like, where's Powell? Is he going to catch me? And he's like, no, no, he's like five minutes back. And I'm like, oh, man, it might take me six minutes to get to the finish line. <laughs> like I was running, but I, I don't even like remember like running. Like I felt like I was just in like this like twilight zone. I don't even know what was going on. And I ended up getting to the finish line. You know, I gave some cheers or whatnot. And then all of a sudden I got super lightheaded and like my body was just like, you're done. And it, it collapsed. Like I, I couldn't, I couldn't think properly. My muscles didn't want to work. They completely cramped up. They ended up taking me into the tent and medical tent and they ended up pumping I, like four bottles of IV in me. Yeah. They're feeding me like sugar cubes to get my blood sugar back up and all of that together kind of got me out of it. But it was a pretty, pretty scary time. Like I honestly thought for a second there that I wasn't going to make the finish line. And then once I got to the finish line and all that started crashing down on me, I was like, am I going to die? Like, <laughs> what did I just do to myself? Did I just kill myself? And, uh, of course it, it wasn't that, you know, and maybe I was being a little dramatic, but it was, uh, you know, with the, with the whole thinking I was going to die, but it, it, it definitely, uh, it taught me a lot that I, I need to make sure I'm eating. I need to, you know, work on my night running. You know, it was a big learning race. It was an, an incredible race in, in the amount of, of things I learned. It's a heck of a race to learn while you win that. I mean, it gains a huge amount of respect internationally, obviously. I mean, between CCC and that one, it's like uh, – you must have a huge international fan base now. I mean, those are two giant ones. So what, um, what UTMB race are you doing this year? Yeah. Yeah. So like I told you earlier, I was going to do UTMB at the beginning of the year. You know, that was the whole goal with the injury, with things kind of going a little crazy, you know, with Lavaredo, with learning a lot from Lavaredo about things I needed to work on. I decided to opt out of UTMB this year. It was really hard. I'm, I'm being 100% honest with you, man. Like, it was probably one of the hardest decisions I've made in my life because, like, I love competition. I strive for competition. You know, and to be on the starting line against Jim Walmsley and Killian Jornet and Luis Alberto, it was like, I want to be there. You know, I want to be racing these guys. But I just know that I'm not ready to compete for the win this year. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm sure I could go out there and place top 10. Like, you know, it'd be a tough, it'd be, I mean, it's still going to be hard to place top 10, but I'm pretty sure I could do it. Um, I just don't feel ready to win this year. Um, I don't feel ready to run a hundred miles yet. <laughs> I think it's the big thing, you know, only being two years into the sport. I want to be careful. I want my body to learn and adapt and see what it's like, um, to run, you know, 12 hours, 15 hours, 20 hours, 
So I decided to run, I decided to opt down to TDS, which should take me about 15 hours to complete. So it will kind of be the next step up. You know, Lavaredo took me 12. This will take me 15. And just kind of <laughs> learn. CCC yeah. took you less than 10 and a half hours. Yeah, exactly. so like, it's kind uh... of been a gradual process. But, <laughs> no, you know, I think that's mature of you. Like, I, I think... I would like to hear every person I interview just be humble and honest and say, like, you know, I need some more time to be ready for this. Like, don't be ashamed of it. A TDS is going to be a hell of a race for you. So Yeah, I'm excited. It's, it's one of the most big beautiful, ro- it's beautiful big one. courses. Yeah. You know, it's, it's going to be a, just a beautiful day out in the mountains. And, you know, UTMB will come. It, it's, it's not going anywhere. You know, I'm planning on doing it next year. Um, it's awesome. Yeah. So it's, it was a tough, it was a tough decision, but it's the right decision. It's, it's going to help my career last longer. And honestly, that's the biggest thing for me is yes, I want to be on top of the world. I want to be the best runner I can be, but I want a long career. I love the lifestyle I live. You know, I, I've visited 15 different countries this year you know, with my family, had amazing experiences. You know, I want to be doing this for many, many years to come. And to make that possible, I need to be smart. I need to make right choices. I need to be mature as a runner. And uh, so that's that's a big reason why I made the decision. With the help of my coach, we made the decision together. So hey, hats off to you. Was it I'm trying to remember your coach, David Roach, or no, no, his name's Nate Hool, actually. Nate, okay, yeah. So he was my assistant coach in college, and now he coaches at Idaho State University. Um, he's a great, great coach. He understands me well. We have our own coaching business that we run together. It's called Forza Running, um, and yeah, we uh, we coach athletes, me and him together, and so. Well, I'm I'm just really impressed, though. I mean, to even say, like, you're looking at longevity in a sport that's notorious for the elites just burning themselves out. Um, I'm I'm impressed. I like it. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Yeah, it's awesome. So you have this little race that you signed up for in March of 2019, Georgia Death Race. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I noticed you got in, but then brother got in also yeah yeah he's he's going out to do it as well are the hawks like attacking the georgia death race like what was what's behind this one yeah so i mean i want to do western states next year yes um that's that's i want that to be my first hundred that's awesome means a lot to me it's kind of a thing that kind of got me going in in ultra running a little bit was was western states you know the, the 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 stories the the things that I've heard about the race. And so, yeah, I'd like that to be my first hundred next year. So yeah, I'm going to go out to Georgia death race and try to get a golden ticket. Um, so I can get into Western next year. And, uh, my brother is going to try to do the same. And so he, uh, he wants to do Western next year as well. So we're hoping we can make, uh, make it a, a Hawks, you know, one, two one, finish. Two. That, yeah, would, that would be get the golden tickets. So, that would definitely uh, be all across the media. That's for sure. That would be huge. Well, it's it's cool because I mean, if I don't meet you in Chamonix, I will meet you in in Atlanta, Georgia, essentially. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah. man. I uh, 
I'm excited for it. Yeah, like me and my brother, we train a lot together. He's my best friend, you know, besides my wife. And, you know, we we love doing a lot of things together. So to have the opportunity to race with him, That's go cool. out there and, and try to do that will be will be a lot of fun. So. so I'm going to shift gears into quicker questions, and I appreciate all the time. Um, truly appreciate it. Uh, Trina from Patreon, he's an awesome dude. Send him all the love. Had to throw that one out there. Um, ben asks, he says, uh, he, he's loving the Hayden Hawk super bromance with Mario Mendoza, which I, <laughs> I think there's an ultra running bromance award at the end of the year. That should probably be nominated, right? I mean, Hey man, I hope so, man. Mario's my dude. So <laughs> I, I, I think it definitely should be. So Ben's question, what makes him, uh, confident before a big race? What makes me confident before a big race? Uh, training, you know, making sure I, I get my training in. You know, if I, I honestly feel if if I've done the work, you know, if I've put in the time, you know, I've done the long runs I need to, I've done the workouts I need to, that I will be prepared for any race. Um, all I need to do is mix in a little bit of those competitive juices, and you know, I feel like I can win any race, um, or at least put myself into into a position to win any race as long as I've done the training. Um, so it all, it all boils down to that, you know, training gives me confidence yep. and yeah. I always think of Sun Tzu, the art of war. Every war is won before it's fought. Like exactly. it's essentially for you elite guys, for me, it's every finish is, or I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Roger asks, uh, you know, he's asking about your nutrition and, and your mileage increases and. Uh, favorite cross training favorite cross training um i actually love pool running um i go to local pool here and i'll go just do you know an hour of pool running in the pool i feel like it really helps stretch out my muscles you know it's low there's no impact when you're in the pool and so you can get a really good cardio workout um plus like being in the water kind of relaxes the muscles you know that little colder water will relax the muscles and it kind of helps rehydrate your body, and so I love going to the pool, doing some cross cross training. I never knew. Way. I never knew you did that. Just wait, wait for your uh, little one to grow up to be about three and a half, and then see if there's any uh, added stress on your body picking them up and throwing them around and playing. Oh uh, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last question from Patreon. Tara asks: Any recommendations on running at altitude for those of us that live at sea level? I tend to m- find myself bonking and vomiting hard no matter how much I try to acclimate. Yeah. Altitude running is it's it's key to go out slower than you would at sea level. Um, a lot of people think, you know, when they go to altitude that they can go out just as fast as they would at sea level and they end up bonking. Because at altitude, your your body, I mean you, you need more oxygen of course, but your body needs more what people don't realize is when you're at altitude, you dehydrate faster and you also need more fuel because you're burning more calories when you're at altitude. And so you need to be eating more, you need to be drinking more, and you need to make sure you're going out a little bit slower um, because once you bonk, it's almost impossible to get out of a bonk at altitude. It's really, really hard. And yeah. so you just need to make sure that you are keeping up on, on everything else so that you don't get to the point where you do bonk. You know, believe me, I've had so many bonks at altitude. 
and they hurt every single time. But when I'm keeping up on my nutrition, on my hydration, and I'm and I'm being a little bit more conservative with my pace, I tend to never bonk. And so, yeah, that's good. That's advice. great. That's great advice. I like how you summarize that. So, really quick, uh, gear-related questions, just super quick. Uh, toe socks or no toe socks? What would it take you to get uh, in an in, in, in gingy sock? Um, now that you have a Drymax sock with your <laughs> your name actually embroidered on it. Yeah, I mean, I worked, I worked, I worked at a running store for many years. I tried in Genji. Um, it is not my thing. I mean, they're they're nice. I mean, they're they're great socks. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I I prefer the Drymax, man. It's it's a great sock. I've never had one blister with my Hawk socks uh, in all of my races that I've ran, and nice. so. You know, it, it's working for me. I'm not going to change it up. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, what what Hoka's are you running in the most? Uh, recently, I've been running a lot in the the Evo Mafati. Okay. Um, I've been loving that shoe. I mean, I've been a speed goat guy for for years now since I've been with Hoka. But that Evo Mafati, I'm liking a little bit more. I think now, just it has the Vibram sole, which you know, great traction. It's very responsive, though. It's a very responsive shoe, and it's a little lighter weight. And it feels like it, it gets me on my toes just a little bit more and helps me propel myself a little bit more. So I've been really loving that shoe, and I've been rotating with the, the new Hoka Torrent, um, which is nice. an amazing shoe as well, especially for some technical stuff, um, some scrambling, different things like that. I'm really loving that Hoka Torrent. But I think the... The Evo Mafati will be my shoe of choice for uh, TDS. So nice. Um, do you wear any compression gear at all? No, I've never got into that. I just okay. uh, it's never been my thing. I I kind of like the looser clothing. It's I mean, so for TDS, do you have your your kit set up? I mean, not having compression gear running TDS. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> your white, your all white compression kit. I'm uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be straight up American going into TDS. That's for sure. I'm um, definitely uh, I'm definitely gonna keep to what worked for me. Uh, I'm not gonna use poles at TDS, which people thinks crazy, but it's just amazing. my way. It's it's uh, it it makes me run more when I don't have poles, and uh, you know I've been winning all these races with no poles, so it's like just keep with what's working. I, yeah, I totally agree. What um, what Nathan pack will you wear during the race? Uh, Nathan's actually coming out with a pack, uh, for me and Jim, um, for the the UTMB weekend. Um, I haven't got it yet. I'm getting it at. Oh, well, I've I've tested a prototype. It's a really nice, um, pack. It's perfect. Just the right amount of pockets and everything that that you would need for a race like like UTMB or TDS. But I haven't, gonna, I haven't gotten gonna... mine in the mail yet either, by the way. Just, oh, throwing, yeah. just throwing it out there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to be getting those for the race. and So we'll, we'll debut those at the race. They'll be they'll is, be nice. Is that the collab pack? or? I don't know exactly what it's called. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. What, what watch do you like to wear? I've been uh, digging the Sunto 9. So... Yeah sponsored by Sunto and they come out with the new Sunto 9 
got like 24 hours of battery life, which is incredible. And it actually, it actually holds for 24 hours, um, in GPS mode. And so it's been an incredible watch. Got the, the wrist heart rate, um, really accurate actually. And, uh, yeah, I've been loving it. It's been, been my go-to watch as of lately. Sunto needs to reach out like, you know, soon. I am dying to try that watch out. I still have my Garmin, uh, Phoenix five S or whatever it is. And it's one of those, like it's a multi-year investment that I made. So, um, I won't be having a new watch anytime soon. Uh, last question, race nutrition, like how many gels will you put down during a CCC or a TDS? Um, I've been transitioning more to, to real food, you know, in these longer races, you know, trying to get in, you know, some burritos, some rice, some different things like that. Um, but I still do gels because it's quick. Um, it's quick energy source. I actually like the taste of the Unived gels that I use. Um, so in a race like that, you know, my go-to has been one gel every 30 minutes. So two gels an hour. Yeah. Um, so I'll probably stick to that. I'm thinking. And again, thank you for all the time here. I just have like three or four more questions. I mean, in terms of your training for these mountain races, what is a typical week look like? Not only in mileage, but vert. And is there any like one training run that is going to help me, you know, take runner up at CCC this year? <laughs> yeah, uh, I think uh, you know the training has to be specific to the race you're 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 aiming for. So if it's a runnable race, you need to do more runnable stuff. If it's a technical race, to more technical. If it's a vert race, you need to do more vert stuff. So leading into these vert races that I've been doing, you know, Lavaredo, TDS. Um, this summer, an average week has been about a hundred mile week with about thirty thousand feet of elevation gain. Wow. Um, my biggest week was about 37,000 feet in like 108 miles, I think. Um, but I've just been being trying to be really consistent at right around 100 miles with a lot of vert, um, 20 plus thousand feet. So, I mean, is it safe to say like, because I've noticed if I'm doing a 50 miler and I just want to finish, I need to be doing roughly 50 mile weeks just to you know get those adaptations through um so is it safe to say if i'm doing a race with twenty thousand feet of gain like i need to be doing a decent portion of that weekly to get those adaptations to really succeed at the race yeah i'd say about ten thousand plus feet a week yeah about about half of what you're doing you know, that's just if you want to finish. If you want to win the race, you know, for the elites, it's a little bit different. Of course. Um, but, yeah, I I think that that's a good rule of thumb, you know. Um, and, and just the biggest thing is, is you need to be doing workouts and runs that are similar to the type of, of, of the, what the course profile is going to look like. Yeah. So if the race – is requiring you to run three to 400 feet per mile on average, you need to be doing some of your workouts at three to 400 meters or not meters feet, um, per mile. Um, you know, if 
or like an average. For instance, um, I did a run yesterday, 30 miles, about 9,000 feet of elevation gain. So if you put that over, you know, 120K, if you add that, you know, if I did another 30 with nine and then I did a 15 with four and a half, I'm right exactly where TDS is because TDS is 75 miles with um, 24,000 feet. Yeah. And so you need to kind of look at that, look at the profile, study the profile of the race and do workouts and runs that are going to be similar, that are going to teach your body. For instance, this is the thing I did with my run yesterday is I, you climb, I climbed seven miles up and then descended seven miles and then climbed seven miles again and then descended seven miles because TDS has huge climbs, huge descents and then another huge climb, and then another huge descent. There's barely any flat sections in the race. Everything's just straight up, straight down, straight up, straight down. So for my legs and my muscles to be ready for something like that, that's what I need to be doing in training. I need to be going straight up, then straight down, then straight yeah. up, then straight down. So Totally agree. It needs to really all be advice. specific. Yeah, specific yeah. to what you're training for. Awesome. And I hear a screaming child on my side. So I have, I have two, two last questions here. Wildest animal encounter. You've put in so many miles. What, what's the wildest one that you've come across? Um, so here in Southern Utah, we have a lot of mountain lions. Ooh. And uh, I've ran into two or three mountain lions just on, up in the mountains running. And Yeah, it's, it's not the funnest experience, you know, when you run – straight into a mountain lion and things are staring you down and you're just kind of like, okay, uh, I'll turn around, you know, you go your way, I'll go my way. <laughs> One time I was running, it was funny, I went out with a buddy and he ended up telling me, he was he was like a little, you know, not in really good shape and so he's like, hey, you run up and then you turn around and then come back and get me and then we can run up together. So I'm like, okay, okay, sounds good. So I started running up and I kind of left him, you know, and and – all of a sudden I ran straight into a mountain lion and I was like, whoa. And I stopped whoa. and luckily the mountain lion ran up. It kind of ran away and ran up into the mountain and I just kept going up the mountain and I didn't wait for my buddy. We get to the top of the mountain and my friend's like, dude, do you ever feel like on a run that something's just like watching you? <laughs> and like, you're just like, dude, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what's watching me, but something is watching me. And he's like, I felt that way about like two miles ago. I was running through this area and I swear there was something watching me. And I was like, oh yeah, man, I ran into a mountain lion down there. And he's like, what? He's like, you didn't tell me? He's like, why didn't you stop and tell me there was a mountain lion? And I'm like, oh, sorry. I was like, you're a big guy. Like, I, I felt like you could handle it. And <laughs> he's just like, oh, thanks. He's like, I'm never going for a run with you ever again. Oh, I was, I was just course marking Leadville today and uh, I had that paranoid feeling like you definitely sense it like you know within a few hundred feet that something's there but then you never see it or i don't ever really see it yeah yeah um maybe i'm just not quick enough so i mean that's an elite problem right if, no, you're, gonna, no, no. if you're gonna throw down five o's um straight uphill like sorry mountain lions they can't get out of your way. Watch out, mountain lions! <laughs> I'm coming through. No, the snakes are the worst, though. Here, you just gotta, uh, you gotta, gotta worry about the rattlesnakes, man. Those are the worst ones, especially when you're running fast. It's dangerous. They come yeah. up on you and they sneak, they, they get you, man. <laughs> it, 
they're they're seriously dangerous. I mean, oh, I, really I almost stepped on a big fat one. I think earlier this week too. Um, want to finish with one question? Why do you run? Why do I run? Uh, it keeps me sane. <laughs> you know, I, no, I mean, I love it. I really do. I love running. You know, it's a big part of my life. Like I told you earlier, my wife's a runner. It's something we really enjoy and love to do together. You know, it brings us closer. It it, it really strengthens our marriage. It strengthens our relationship. Um, it's fun. You know, I when I get to go out for a long run with my wife or my brother or my my friends, like it, it just makes life so incredibly happy. You know, it makes me happy. It, it keeps me healthy. You know, and yeah, I, I, I just overall, I, I love it. I enjoy it. And it does keep me sane. You know, it's, it's something that I can go and do every day and feel accomplished and feel like I'm, I'm doing something. So. That's awesome. Hayden, best of luck at TDS. Hopefully I'll see you out at, in Chamonix at some point. And, uh, where can people follow you on social media? Yeah, you can follow me on Instagram. That's probably what I'm most active on. Um, just type in Hayden Hawks on Instagram. I'll come up there. Um, you can follow me on Facebook um, or on Strava. Um, if you want to see what my training's like, if you really want to kind of see what I do on a daily basis, what my weeks look like, then follow me on Strava. It's all posted on there. Um, yeah, and reach out to me anytime if you have any questions or anything. I, I try to keep up and, you know, answer as much as I can with people because you know, we're all in this together. We're all helping each other out. I've asked a lot of questions in my first two years of running. And, you know, if, if people have questions for me, then I'm, I'm going to re I'm going to help them out as well. And so, uh, yeah, man, like hit me up when you're in out there for CCC, you know, I'll be out there for a week. Um, I'd love to definitely to see you while I'm out there. So look forward to it and just have an awesome race. I, I feel like you're, um, you're peaking out perfectly for the race. So I hope it, it goes well for you and look forward to seeing you out there. So thanks for taking all the time. And again, just, just appreciate hearing the full story now. So hopefully we got to, uh, you know, put a good dent in it. So thanks again. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully people know who I am now. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You too, man. Take care. All right. See ya. And that was episode 56. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Big thank you to Hammer Nutrition, Sufferfest Beer, and Bigger Than the Trail. You guys are awesome supporters. Big thank you to the Patreon supporters. And, uh, man, next week we're going to initiate taper here going into CCC. So we'll talk taper. Hopefully with a few people we'll get maybe some more race updates. Hopefully we can touch base with Jen and uh, hear how the Canadian death race went for Michelle and maybe some other fun updates. So have a great week. Enjoy your training.